26th day of radiation. And on today's show, it's Tori Andrews. And Tori and I just love anytime we get to hang out. It's always a really great conversation. Um, I've always appreciated Tori's heart to love and care for those that she um, is friends with, is family with. She's an amazing woman. Uh, today we talk about pregnancy and the struggles sometimes about getting pregnant and staying pregnant and Enneagram and we talk about deconstruction. I mean, there's a lot of things we hit. So hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Drive Candace Radiation Podcast. And driving me up the hill today is my sweet friend Tori. Hi, guys. <laughs> Tori, I have to say, um, before we start, you, um, I love to talk about kindness. And you were one of those people who reached out very early on and wanted to extend kindness to me in a very practical way. You were like, can I go to the store for you? Can I pick up anything for you? And I could give you the most random things that I needed. And you would be like, I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I just love that you wanted to take care of me and you did. You were amazing. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I love you. I love you a lot. <laughs> I know you do. Um, where, let's tell the people, where, where do we meet and what bonded us to each other? Oh, gosh. You're asking me to remember a long ways, long, a long ways back. Ago. It seems you like can, it was a long time ago. Can, I mean, they can be like, um, yeah. I want to say we met through church. Mm-hmm. I think so. Eons ago. Mm-hmm. Or Coon's age, mm-hmm. as some <laughs> might say. And I think it was I like I I want to say someone like introduced us or we just introduced ourselves and we're like hi I'm Tori hi I'm Candice we need to be friends yeah. I think that's kind of how that went yeah and then it was just like well that was easy you know because yeah. <laughs> we are like the same person in a lot of regards yes. like yeah we just we just flow it just is good it's just a good thing and. Like now, this is going to sound weird, but I can't remember a time in my life where you didn't exist, even though that's like, I mean, like, like my LeGrand, when I moved back to LeGrand, I just feel like you've always been there. But, you know. I love you. I love you. (laughs) It just is like, I can't. Yeah, she's just a very pinnacle part of me moving back to like me being here in LeGrand. It just, Mm. yeah, LeGrand, Candace, it's like... Yeah. You, you and I have had some really great conversations that I think have bonded us together. Yeah. I feel like um, we just see life very similarly, like you were saying. So, yeah. I love you. I love you. I do have to tell you. So, one of my, one thing. So, I got this. Wow. <laughs> Docking is hard. <laughs> um, so, there was one, like, moment in particular in our relationship that, like, literally changed the projection of, like, how I was doing life. <laughs> so, so, and maybe you remember this, maybe you don't. It was at the Face Center's Women's Retreat at Wallowa Lake. Okay. And we were at that, it, um, I don't remember the church or the organization that owns it but we were at the like campgrounds and we were we all were like staying in the yurts and stuff and there was a day where we were all just hanging out and it was kind of like I don't know there was just kind of like a mood it was kind of like a down day and like some of us gals like didn't want to participate in the activities we were just like 
No, we just chill. need to talk and yeah. hang out and oh, just yeah, be. Right. You remember that? Yeah. And it was like me, you, Vanessa. I think it was like, um, I think Jordan was there, yeah. maybe Kayla. And we were like in this room and we were talking about like, oh, Kelly was there. I think yeah. it was like right after Kelly and Joe got married, kind of somewhere in there. And we were talking about like birth control and babies and like fertility journeys and yeah. grief. And, and I think this was also after like our ex like Kayla no this was before this is way before that it was 20 the summer of 2019 yeah so we were talking about it and like Caleb and I had also we were like a year into marriage and like starting the like well do we have kids do we not have kids do we prevent do we not prevent like what do we do and it was like this big thing of like also like what is um what does God say about birth control you know yeah. oh and I think sunshine was there too there? I think Sunshine was there. Maybe not. Anyway. Um, and like, I had just been really prayerful about like, okay, God, what do I do? Like, do you stay on birth control? Do you not? Like, are we ready to get pregnant? Are we not? And it was just like this huge turmoil thing. And then you had told us about like your journey, your and Mike's journey with having kids. And like, you said this thing, you said, well, when the Lord was ready for me to have kids, he opened my womb. And when he was ready for me to be done having kids, he shut my womb. Yeah. <laughs> and literally that phrase, like it like made it click in my head of just like, duh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, of course God is just going to take care of it. And I don't have to be a freaking like psychopath about whether I am on birth control or not. So then it like literally was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to say no to all the things and God, you're just going to have to take care of it. And now I've been on this like wild ride of fertility and miscarriages and ectopic pregnancies and all of these different things. But that phrase, like that thing you said to me has still like just rung tried and true this whole time. It was like, God will open your room and shut your room and take care of the things in his timing. And it just like, yeah, yeah just totally yeah. pinnacle, a pinnacle conversation between Tori and Candace. Aww. That's so great. Yeah, my I got pregnant twice on birth control pills. And then after Aspen, we tried to have number four and never got pregnant ever again. And we've never had to have birth control after Aspen. And like it just was done. So I, and I, it's a, it's a miracle. I even had children. We lost our first pregnancy, our first baby, but, um, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so, you know, it's just hard. You just never know when you're going to actually ovulate if you will, even if there is one, I mean, like you just don't know. And so the fact that I even have children is kind of a, a miraculous thing. And, and, you know, for this this whole journey about becoming a mother, for a lot of people, it just doesn't come like how you think it's going to happen. And um, it's just really hard. It's tough. And you don't, you, I, I really, for me, it became this thing of like, I just have to trust God. Because when you lose your first pregnancy, you, you realize you're in a camp of people that you never really wanted to be on this team with. <laughs> Part of it ever. It's so sad. <laughs> it's like 
like ornery. It's a very ornery group of women. Yes. yes, but there are quite a few of us out there, and and then to have a child after is like the rainbow baby. I mean, like you're just over the moon about it. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a rough it's a rough go for a lot of people, and we don't talk about it enough. So thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, of course. Um, what is something kind someone has done for you recently? Okay, I want to say it was like recently. Well, I mean, does this year count as recently? Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so, well, again, it's uh, revolving the motherhood thing. So, Mother's Day is a very hard day for women who have experienced the grief of a loss of the loss of a child, and Mother's Day is like one of those things where I'm like great <laughs> like <laughs> this sucks you know it just is like I know it's just another day but it just brings up so many like shoulda coulda wouldas that just are not a thing and um I have some women in my life that just love me so perfectly and like know how to love me and mm-hmm being a two-wing three, that we want nothing more than for someone to know us and love us exactly how we need without us ever telling them how to, how to do that. Yeah. And um, my sweet friend Tawny, on Mother's Day, like showed up on my ha- at my house with this beautiful just like gift basket and like had a blanket and a candle and some self-care things and had this like beautiful card that she just wrote and just like um just like built me up as a mom because even though my babies aren't here with me on earth like I am still a mom yeah but but society doesn't recognize you as such like it's not it's such a taboo thing and um so then to have someone who just like is so dear to me like see like see the need and like the desire that I have to be recognized as a mom and just be cherished as a mom as well to just like randomly out of the blue show up and like with all of the perfect things and and the perfect words and and her daughters um we they're like our nieces pretty much and so and they call me Auntie Ponty. I don't know. That's a long story, but that's what they call me. <laughs> and so they just like wrote me these really sweet notes and it just was like, oh my gosh, it was just exactly what my bucket needed. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So take away everybody, kindness. If you have if you have a friend who has lost a child in any format of that um, a way whether that was a miscarriage or whether that was an abortion whether that was um, you know like the loss of a child through stillbirth like reach out to them on Mother's Day just send them a little something um, because it's super important they're still moms and yeah it's important so okay what is super interesting or fun for you right now super interesting or fun well I am newly obsessed with being a plant mom. Okay. Me too. Like, never in a gajillion years would I ever expect me to be someone that had house plants and, like, desired to keep them alive. Same. <laughs> but I've got, like, 15 house plants right now. Yes. <laughs> um, that's the same. I have never... I used to kill plants. Me too. Kill and then I think what burst out of COVID, I, w- I got a plant in COVID and I kept it alive. 
And I was like, well, look at that. And then I was like, you know what? I kind of like this. And then I switched jobs and I stopped nurturing an entire church. <laughs> and so then I was like, I need more nurturing things. So then I got plants. <laughs> I get it completely. <laughs> well, and my, my plant thing too is like, well, I also need to care for something and Caleb does not want me to get more cats or a dog. So naturally, the natural next step is a thousand plants. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Gracie is home with me and so her plants came with her too, but she's about ready to move. So her plants are leaving, but we ha we just like, we were watering the other day and she's like, look at us. Look at how many plants we're keeping alive. <laughs> and I'm like, who are we? <laughs> Do you name do you name your plants? Oh yeah, for sure. Um what is the plant? Tell me the plant and the name of the plant. Um well there's Phil. Oh. <laughs> Good old Phil. Um Gracie has a snake plant named Brian and Brian is amazing and I was jealous of Brian, so I got Brian Jr., also a snake plant. Um, the Monstera is just the Monstera because the Monstera is actually freaking huge. If you want Monstera, want, want you want one, I will, yeah. I will get you a start off of there. Get a shot of that Monstera. <laughs> I know that word too. <laughs> Look at us. Um, I have a peace lily called Swan Lee. Yeah. And I also have a corkscrew plant called Gertie. Nice. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, not all my plants have names, um, but because I have too many children right now, so yeah. It's hard <laughs> like, yeah. to come up with a name that's intentional for even just a plant. It's a hard thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, is there a book, a show, a podcast, a food? Somebody you're following on Instagram, somebody you're following on YouTube that you're interested in that you would recommend. What's your recommend today? Oh my gosh. Okay, well, if you need a good laugh, there's a really obscure YouTube channel. I don't really know the name, but it's called Unusual Memes. Okay. That's all it's called. You need to watch that. But um, that's like minor. That's only if you want a good laugh. Um, but I'm currently obsessed with Yaya Nikki's. I go there at least twice a week <laughs> currently. <laughs> um, uh, so if you've forgotten about Yaya Nikki's, this is your sign to go. <laughs> go now. Um, I also am listening to this super nerdy book series. Um, on Audible, I'm listening to it because yes. I freaking love Audible. It's the best like car yes. thing. And I sometimes like get tired when I drive. Yeah. Like I don't know what it could be I could be bright and early in the morning and I could have the most energy in the world, but the moment I start driving, I get tired. Yeah. Which is so dumb. And so right now I'm listening to this book series called The Way of Kings and it's book one of the Stormlight Archive. Okay. And it's by Brandon Sanderson. Okay. And it's in this like, um, like fairy, not fairy yeah. land, um, fictional land, yeah. fictional world. And it's um, like people like get these ancient powers from different gemstones and things and there's like battles over land and it, I mean it's like super nerdy like <laughs> I love fantasy it, that's fun but it's so good and it and it it's written in like five different characters perspectives okay, yeah. and each character has its own voice actor that's doing it and so oh, it nice. like really is like submersive yeah so good on audible in particular because they have 
different voices. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Okay. What is something you wish you'd known 10 years ago? 10 years ago. So 2012, how old were you? I was 19. I know. Is that crazy? No, I was 20. I'm 30 this year. Are you? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? What? Yeah, but I'm stoked. 30s 30s going to be a good year. I'm like I'm over my 20s. 30, I'm feel like a real adult now. Yeah. Kind of. I kind of feel like a real adult. Um, but 10 years ago, man, um I wish I would have known about boundaries 10 years ago. I I could have avoided a lot of hurts and a lot of burnout if I would have understood healthy boundaries. Yeah. Specifically with family. And then I think also with the church. Yeah. And that it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make you selfish or mm-hmm. um like stingy. I guess yeah. self-stingy. I think but. for our personalities it's you and I, we can definitely struggle with this where we feel like to say no or to have those healthy boundaries feels the opposite of what because we're we're very inclusive in our nature and so it feels like i should say yes to those things but when in actuality it's not necessarily healthy (laughs) well and um i guess too i wish i would have known that my identity and people's love for me isn't dependent on what i do for others and that well and i also like in the probably the last six years really learned about myself through um well the Enneagram was really pinnacle um realizing that a lot of my saying yes was a very prideful thing because pride is clearly something we struggle struggle with in that area and that was like a gut punch because I was like oh my gosh that's totally true like like a lot of times me doing things where people was dependent on the praise that I was going to get back or them like acknowledging how giving or loving or whatever and I hated that about myself I was like whoa so that really was what spurred on the need for boundaries because I I so did not want to be that person like I didn't want to say yes because I wanted the praise I wanted to say yes because my heart was truly in a position where I just wanted to give and to love people and that was like that was so pinnacle and just growing up (laughs) yeah um I'll put a link in the show notes uh for Enneagram information because I did a podcast series on the Enneagram and if you want to learn more about it I'll, I'll link too but yeah for me that's been really helpful um to understand the motivations behind the why I do the things and then to go into a healthier place of processing that with God going oh man maybe you should heal this area (laughs) oh there's a thing here um is there something about me that you've always wanted to know but never asked I want to say yes but I also am like I'm gonna ask you questions even if they're awkward questions (laughs) well okay maybe maybe I've never asked this what I guess through the last couple years 
um, just with like, I don't know, COVID and you leaving Face Center and cancer. Yeah. Um, I get like, through that process, what has like, your spiritual walk look, look like? Like, I mean, like, yeah. the good, the bad, the ugly, because mm-hmm. I mean, offense with God is a real thing. <laughs> and yeah. like, you had a lot of things happen in your life that was like, you could have taken offense with God. Yeah. And like, what, I guess, what did that look like? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say there's, um, if you can have deconstruction in the way that, that preserves your actual relationship with God, that's probably a lot of my processing and deconstruction is such a trigger word right now for people because they have a lot of assumptions about what that means but healthy deconstruction and then there's very unhealthy deconstruction yeah but i think everyone should go through some deconstruction because we all need to look at what we are doing and what we are thinking and what we are believing and um, not listen to maybe other humans about that but really search the scriptures and search god to have him uncover why we're thinking the way we're thinking and whether that's you know you know what is that how you think god is that am i thinking does that line up, does that line up with you yeah and um and really begin to kind of question some things for me um just because i i was just walking through so much i think in, and everybody did in covid we all kind of like looked at I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing? We all kind of had a a sacred pause in a lot of ways. And I had had a sabbatical too during that season. And so I had worked through some like trauma um, with a a therapist. And, you know, I think I was just on a journey that I can still on today, but it it really did start during COVID and then during um, my sabbatical time. And um, I'm still working that out. I feel like my um, thoughts about some of the things that I used to think were classic evangelical ways of thinking about things, I've had to look at, honestly, and, and some of them has sh- have shifted. And Can you give me an example? Um, I, just, I just feel like I've, I feel very much more curious about a lot of things and who is teaching me those things. So I want to make sure that um, I'm hearing from a lot of different voices than just the voices that I was in. Because I feel like sometimes you get into the same people speaking the same things about the gospel. And I, I'm I'm talking about over a span of time. Like I, I love to read um, stories of people who lived in the 1300s or the 1100s and and what did they think about the gospel Um, and just being really more curious about things and wanting to make sure that um, I want to just examine it all and I'm not afraid to do that because I used to be afraid to do that and I don't I'm not afraid to do that anymore for sure I feel like God is the God of the universe and he and he and I are good (laughs) we're good and me asking questions is not a threatening thing right and it's God knows who he is um and I don't have to defend him so I am 
definitely going through like some challenges on you know what I believe in in different areas and 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 that's really healthy I think that's important I feel like that's part of sanctification and a process over a span of time to help us become more Christ-like because if we feel like we've got it and we know it and aren't being challenged that's a that's a scary prideful place to be so um, and dangerous to other people it can be very hurtful to other people um, and yeah I think with with cancer my relationship as far as deconstructing goes I I just feel like I'm more close to God than I was prior to cancer and I feel like I have had a renewed sense of the church and who the church is the actual church um, outside of a building like the real kingdom of God that's happening um, because it's happening outside of the building and and because it's not out of anything I'm doing on behalf of anyone else it's it's purely the love being given to me freely and um, that part has been really redeeming for sure so you know I'm still processing what I'm gonna be when I grow up and I was in ministry for so long um, full-time that I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do after this cancer thing I'm really excited to find out but I do feel like this process that I'm going through is just making me a gentler safer person for a wider swath of people and um, because I'm not afraid of things anymore. And I think when we're afraid of differing theology and we're afraid of um, what one camp thinks and what another camp thinks and like the divisiveness that can happen in that within the church, it is not conducive to um, no unity or love or the actual how Christ what he died for so yeah I feel like I'm I'm a part of that group of people who wants to be about unity and to be about inclusiveness and to be about um, safety and love and humbleness and I have to embody those things um, in myself and I'm looking for that so, yeah. Um, what has been your experience with cancer? Um, I don't have a, a ton of it. Um, I have my um, dad, Rob's mom, Pat. She um, died of breast cancer when I was... I was 13 um, and um, she battled with it for a while um, I mean I was it's like so young it's hard to kind of remember the I guess the emotions of watching her go through cancer um, I mean her like when she passed away like we went through a huge family trauma just in like drama of someone yeah. passing away like it was crazy like yeah. like when I say like trauma as a child like I was locked in a back bedroom when a SWAT team broke into a house like, like, <laughs> like crazy okay. crazy 
<laughs> and so, right. So like, that's kind of like when I think of my grandma Pat and her cancer, like that's what I remember. And so it was, it's not necessarily about the cancer at that point. It's more about the SWAT team. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> oh, that's a nugget for you. That's a gem right there. there. Um, and so then, um, one of my mom's foster sisters, um, Angie, she has had cancer her whole life, but what's uh, breast cancer, but what's incredible. And she's had an incredibly rare type of cancer. I don't remember the name, but she just found out like two weeks ago that she is 100% cured from cancer. And she's like the first person to survive this cancer. And I wish I could remember the name because it's such an incredible, and she's been fighting cancer for like, like 30 years, like a crazy amount of time. So maybe not 30 years, maybe less than that, but regardless, one year, one year is a long time. Um, did I, I did not miss her exit, right? No, you're good. Whoa, I just had a panic attack. (laughs) Candace, you're supposed to tell me. We're we're gonna get to radiation. Oh, okay, I'm in. If I don't have to do radiation, we go to Portland. Fantastic. Um, Okay, so that's been your. My my great grandma was diagnosed with cancer, which is a funny, crazy thing how she found out, which I'll tell you. But she she's had cancer the last couple breast cancer last couple years. and same with my Aunt Lindy. But my great-grandma found out, she was working out in the garden, and she was moving a water pipe, and the water pipe, like, hit her boob, and her boob deflated. Oh. <laughs> and so it was like, uh, yeah. oh, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And, but she's 92. I mean, yeah. girl, like, gardening and moving her own irrigation yeah, pipes tough. like <laughs> like so your boob deflating is like a huh. <laughs> you know so yeah. anyway that's how she found out but yeah I just feel like it touches everybody's life in some way it's so crazy um so pervasive um okay Tori last question um and we're not going to take this exit we're going to take the next exit so then now you can just relax <laughs> and breathe um okay a long time from now you get to heaven and what do you hope God says to you when you get there or what do you see in your mind's eye oh my gosh well I hope when I get here he says well done good and faithful servant like sure. like anyone I think <laughs> like you do and then I hope like behind him which you know this is gonna happen because I'm not gonna be like okay yeah yeah God like I got it where's my babies like <laughs> Like, like it's not going to happen that way. But I kind of in my like human earth brain am like, yeah, God's cool. But where's my kids? You know, so like, (laughs) you're not the only one on the podcast who's answered that way. (laughs) Take that as you will. (laughs) But I think that's like, I really do hope I get to meet my babies and hug them and kiss them and hear their laughs like oh my gosh yeah that's what I hope heaven holds for me I love that that's beautiful yeah I've had that same thought for sure um okay everybody here we are I don't even I can't remember I think I'm on day 25 
of ke- of chemo of radiation. <laughs> um, I went to Infusion today and saw my old chemo buddies at Infusion and had you have your port flushed every once in a while just to keep it, make sure it's still working and nothing's getting infected. And they checked my blood today, and so I my blood is getting better. I still had some things that were out of whack, but my red blood cell count and my white blood cell count all were in within normal range for the first time. So that made me feel really good. That was a big win. Um, so I'm excited that my body is trying to get, get, get stronger. Um, and yeah, my, my poor, my poor radiation arm as we're calling it, like my armpit and around my area on my right side is just really, really tender all day long. And so I am trying different creams and different things to try to see if I can get any relief from it. But it drives me crazy all day long now. Um, but I've only got a few more days left after this one. And I'm really excited about that. Um, so, yeah, we're getting there, guys. We're totally getting there. And I am really anxious for that to happen. I, I posted something today about just my thoughts on chemo and radiation. I had done a little pastel um, painting a few months ago about chemotherapy and it really did still play true and ring true for radiation and um, and it's just kind of that idea that there's it's so hard and it's so painful and yet it's so hopeful like it's it's both of those things at the same time treatment for cancer is really difficult and really painful and really great and I'm really thankful for it and I'm really excited and that um, I, I get to have treatment that that endless treatment is hopefully going to be successful so um, I just carry a lot of hope today and um, that I'm getting so close to this being done I'm really excited about it and probably on the last podcast you hear me talking I'm just going to be crying like a baby <laughs> so thanks for listening in Thanks for listening in, friend. I really appreciate it. This is really fun for me. But I hope for you, there's some takeaways on just being a good neighbor. Just somebody who's willing to to jump in and say, yeah, I'll help you out. If you are a cancer survivor, or if you're currently going through cancer, please know that my heart is with you, that my prayers are with you, and that you are more connected than you realize and you are more loved than you could ever understand. Please tune in next time. We will have a great time on the podcast, driving over the mountain where I get radiation and make the best of it. You know what I'm saying? Have a great day. Mm